Welcome back, guys. We are heading into our Bible study. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 32 today, something that we should all be pretty familiar with. Uh, before we do, we have another clue for our quiz, and we also have your text messages. We're going to hear what you had to say for the first part of the show. But awesome. before we get into it, yes, let's have another question for the quiz. Yes. Your second last, guys, your second last question for the quiz. Paul said the Galatians would have given him their blank if it had been possible. Oh, 0491 is the number to call. Again, our prize for today, which you have only two opportunities to get in on the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation. That is a Bible study journal that you can make all kinds of amazing notes in, as well as Understanding Bible Prophecy, uh, sorry, Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley. We have an audiobook version or a regular book version that you can win. But again, that question was, Paul said the Galatians would have given him their blank if it had been possible. Indeed. And the answer here is kind of gnarly. It's pretty intense. Like, it's, I'm, I'm reading, I'm like, wow. Paul said the Galatians would have given him their blank if it had have been possible. 0491-064-669. Okay, heading across to text messages, this is what you had to say about the first half of the show. And Darren has this to say. He says, as scripture teachers, we cannot proselytize in our state schools, but there are other ways that we can share what it means to be a Christian. And, of course, you know, that's part of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh Christians should always be sharing Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Sometimes they should use words. Yep. That's that's you, you cannot be a Christian and not be proselytizing in one way or another. Agree. Now, what's also interesting, I'm against any restrictions on proselytization. I think that Christians should be allowed to proselytize. I think that Muslims should be allowed to proselytize. I think that Buddhists and Hindus and Satanists and atheists should have free reign to proselytize. Mm. I am a free speech person. That's just where I come from. I do not believe that anyone should have the right to uh, preach violence. Mm. Violence is where we draw the line. You know, violence, stealing, you know, all those kind of things that you find in the last six commandments. Yeah, is where literally we the breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. That, but there's already laws against that. We don't mm. need new laws against that. So I'm a free speech kind of person. I don't think we uh, – I, I think that any society that restricts freedom of speech is a society that is naturally weak. Mm. If the only way that you can maintain your society is by restricting people's freedoms and liberty – all it does is show the inherent weaknesses of your society. That's right. Okay. Having said that, I, I, I recognise there's a different context between a state school mm-hmm. where you're being paid by the government mm-hmm. and uh, a local city council. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're, if, the, if the Cessnock City Council where I live came along with an anti-proselytisation uh, law then I would very strongly oppose that. I think that's a very different kind of a situation and an environment, particularly because, you know, you're, you're reaching out to adults and so forth. Yeah, that's and, right. And this is the equivalent of what we were talking about in the States when you're talking about a uh, an Indigenous reservation. Um, it's kind of like the equivalent of a local city council. Yeah, I think the thing that is of, often... Me, like, people try to make these laws because they're like, oh, we don't agree with the Christian ideology and we think that it could potentially they're be... only ever made against Christianity, which is kind of weird. Yeah, but we, we think... Unless you're in China. Yeah, unless you're in China. It's made against everyone. Everyone. Yeah, but they're like, oh, because we think the Christian ideology is ja- dangerous and against what we believe, but by banning it or by, you know, making anti- anti-proselytization proselytization laws, essentially what they do is they basically 
acknowledge, like they take away people's consent, ability to consent, which every adult has. So they don't recognize an adult's ability to consent because, yeah, we went through the exact same thing at Newcastle Uni. At Newcastle Uni, the student association there brought out laws in their in their constitution that says if Christian clubs proselytize, they'll be unaffiliated. And no longer connected to the uni. Yeah, that's pretty full on, isn't it? And they got slammed in the media for it, actually. Yeah, and they, good on them. And they ended up reverting it. And thankfully, we actually have a really great relationship with the student association now at Newcastle Uni after, you know, it's been a, a long time of, of growth and whatnot over this year because they changed to student associations. But, uh, but yeah, it was just really clear when they did that. It's like, oh, like, we're at uni. We're all adults. Like, what you you don't think that someone can make a personal choice? Can like listen to a, a center of society that is all about sharing ideas and thoughts and beliefs and giving people the ability to investigate and to look into and to come to conclusions. They're like, oh, but you're not allowed to talk about this. Talk about anything else. Yeah. But this again, and we're not preaching violence. And by the way, because like just talking about preaching violence. So at the last clubs, uh, the big like club gathering that they had, uh, where you know all the different clubs set up stalls and whatnot, the clubs day, <laughs> they had a socialist party club, and the socialist party. I went and talked to them to get their ideas, and they're literally talking about oh like. Like, yeah, you know, we're proper, like, Marxists and communists, so we're all about overthrowing the bourgeoisie and the bureaucrats, and that needs to happen um, by violence of force if it's necessary. Like, they are literally preaching violence yes, and trying to get people to join their club. If you're going to disaffiliate anybody, that's where it should start. (laughs) Because if you call for violence, then that is wrong. And this is the great thing about Christianity. We get to preach peace. Mm. Ah, oh, that's awesome. You know, that's that's our thing. That's our mantra. That's what we're all about. It's all about peace. So, uh, I, I think it's I think it's just a funny situation. But, yeah, anti-proselytization laws, as you said, do reflect a weak society and a bunch of people who are trying to control you. All right. The Spanish Armada, you can't fight God and expect to win, but to my surprise it lost only 60 of its 130 ships and lost some 15,000 deaths. The British Navy defeated the Spanish Armada in the Battle of Gravelines in 1588. Uh, ended Spain's hopes of invasion. Well, that's only part of the Armada. There was actually a total of 400-plus ships that were involved in the Armada, but many of them became trapped in the ports of the Netherlands and were unable to actually join the Armada. Mm -hmm. There was 130 ships that came up from Spain in the Channel and only lost 60. That's that's a massive number. Mm. That's a devastating number. That is a number that is just beyond comprehension Mm. when you think about, what did the British lose? Like, none. How many did the British have? 15. Yeah, well... And lost, kind Dude, of. Dude, how how different would history be if there was no such thing as the the like the British Channel, like the English Channel? Very, very different. Like, history would be very different. Wow. How different would our language be? Yeah. And of course, the the English Channel didn't used to exist. Yeah, it didn't used to be a thing. It used to be land across there. True. Yes. Yes. There are. There are. You underneath the English Channel, there are all kinds of buildings and wow. towns and all kinds of stuff underneath that water. So. Dude, we'd probably be speaking Portuguese today. <laughs> Portuguese or French or <laughs> Spanish or a conglomeration of the above. Who knows? Oh, yeah, true. I mean, the English language is already the biggest conglomeration there is out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, anyway. Uh, so, yes, the Spanish Armada received the blessing of the Pope and then sunk. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, tough gig. Tough gig. Law stopping sharing Jesus with others in the US reservation. While I can understand where they are coming from, it is still sad. They're, that would really close the door to salvation. Praise the Lord. They changed their minds. Um, so, yeah, good comment there. Uh, burying Bibles in concrete. This person has no idea of the gospel, nor the mention, not to mention respect for the word of God. We are so blessed to know that the Bible teaches what the Bible teaches on the state of the dead. Mm. And this is an interesting one because it kind of triggered a memory uh, from way back in the past. I remember my uncle talking about this one time, and I think it was in Indonesia, mm. where he had mates who were subversive missionaries in in, in Indonesia. So Indonesia being a uh, an Islamic nation where you're not allowed to proselytize, mm. they were subversive missionaries. And so what they would do is they would go to Indonesia and whenever they were building a mosque, they would sneak around and put Bibles into the wet concrete. Wow. Yes. So that, you know. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh Uh-huh. I I, I just don't know. It's like, how many many people have you led to Jesus Christ through this method? You know, because we have the Waldensians, they're like... They would sew the Bibles into their clothes. And then they would unsew them. They were subversive missionaries. Yeah. They would unsew them and give them to people. Yeah, and I could imagine like okay, building Bibles maybe into you know, behind. Not a, it's not behind, a magic wand behind the gyp rock, you know, so that you can have some access to it. You can discover it. Oh, we're doing a renovations. Oh, we found a whole bunch of Bibles. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a pretty subversive way of doing missionary effort in a closed country, but in the wet concrete. <laughs> it's just this is not a magic. It is not a magic icon. That's not how it works. <laughs> The way it works is when you read it and you understand the words of it and you take those words into your heart and mind. That's where the Bible changes lives and that's how it makes a powerful difference in this world. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, another text message here. The Protestant Reformation, early days, we have so much to thank for evangelists like Columbanus and the thousands like him throughout history. France had all the opportunity to become fully Protestant, but because they rejected it, they Mm. ended up with the French Revolution and rejection of all religion. Catholicism and Protestantism and God, uh, the seeds of communism and fascism and all other isms, look at the results. It caused World War I, World War II, and other wars in between. Mm. So true. All as a result of the rejection of the gospel and the preference, you know, you have to accept the fact that the prefer- preferring the Catholic Church over the Protestant Church or over the Celtic Church or over the Albigensian Church or over the Waldensian Church or over the Cathar Church, this is the path that it led to. Mm. Okay, uh, Thomas says this, tell the truth, the great reformers were actually persecutors of the brethren in Christ for not accepting the Catholic Trinity and infant baptism. Ooh, that's wait, an wait. interesting one. Wait, okay, so the take is that... Okay, so it works a little bit like this. Arian Christianity uh-huh. in the early centuries was actually quite large mm-hmm. and significant. When Clovis converted to Christianity and converted to Catholicism, we mentioned in the interview that he had a Roman Catholic wife, uh, he actually went to war against uh, various tribes that were involved in Aryan Christianity. And when we talk about Aryan Christianity, we're not talking about white supremacist Christianity. We're talking about Christianity that does not believe in the Godhead, Mm -hmm. uh, which the Roman Catholic 
church uses the word Trinity for, the Bible uses the word Godhead, and um, and and so Clovis was involved in that. There's no question. There is some very fascinating history. The re- the, the question is not the, the valid question that we need to ask here is not, you know, was Clovis justified or were the Arians justified in going to war? And because the Roman Catholic Church went to war against uh, certain people groups, does that make them right mm. in their Arianism? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't make them right in their Arianism. What is going to make something right is fidelity to the Word of God. So true. And this is where when I look at people like Columbanus, who was not involved in Arianism but did believe in the Bible and the Bible alone and did believe in salvation by grace alone and did keep the Sabbath and did, you know, Celtic Christianity, all of these things that we're talking about here, then I find somebody who was much closer to the Bible than the Aryan tribes who existed at that particular time. Should Clovis have gone to war with them because they were Aryans? No, absolutely not. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely wrong. If people want to believe that, they should have the absolute freedom to believe that. And this is where I extend to Thomas. You have absolute freedom to believe what your conscience teaches you to believe. Mm. And I have utmost respect for that. Mm. Um, And... That's that's the way that God is. God gives us all that absolute freedom right there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, some fascinating history there. It was briefly mentioned, and I wondered whether Eliza was going to go into Clovis and the history of uh, Arianism. But, uh, yeah, maybe for another time. It's funny that you mentioned, like, just because a, a big group of people or the Catholic Church, like, persecuted someone uh, doesn't mean they were correct. And I think the perfect yeah. example of that is they're, on, like, very many on like attempts to go and seize the Holy Land. Yes, from who? Islam, Muslims. Like, <laughs> yeah. And th- there's a lot about Islam that I have you know tremendous amount of respect for, for as sure. a religion. Mm-hmm. But I have disagreements. There yeah. are areas in like, which I disagree. We're not Islamic. That's right. Were these people persecuted by the Catholic Church? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did they deserve it? No. No. Absolutely not. Are there com- religious convictions? Like, do we subscribe to them? In fact, the no. uh, the Islamic the Islamic nations had a much higher understanding of religious liberty yeah. during those eras than what Christianity did. Mm. Vastly, vastly superior and vastly ahead of of where Christianity was mm. in their understanding of religious liberty. Yes, and we ha- we owe in in our modern world we owe a lot to Islam for the liberties that we have. It's a pity that Islam didn't still have that in so many of the countries in the 1040 window where they've now kind of gone the opposite direction. Yeah. They used to be the leaders in this. Mm. They need to get back to it. Mm-hmm. I'm so distracted here this morning. Uh, We're just having a good convo. Yeah. Great, great, great messages, text messages coming through that are just sparking all kinds of interesting uh, thoughts. We love hearing from you guys as our listeners, and so please keep sending your messages through. Let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32 is where we are heading, and the story of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Genesis uh, 32. And- yeah, let's, where will we start here? Let's go to, oops, that's 31. Let me go 32 and find a good place to start. Let's go down. We talk in verse 22. Probably, probably. What's in verse 22? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Verse 22. Let's read from there. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them 
to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Oh, okay. So what is it that Jacob is doing here? Well, at the end, at the end, at, at, at the end, where does he, how does he end up? Dislocated hip. He's, he's taken a beating. Yeah. He's been wrestling with this guy. He's taken a beating. And then how does he respond to this person who's been wrestling he's with him? like i'm not gonna let you go <laughs> okay so he's hanging on isn't he mm. and uh, the assailant mm. who it turns out is jesus christ is trying to shake him off mm. okay so you've ever dislocated a a, a hip no not a hip a, a shoulder a shoulder i've done a shoulder what's it feel like Terrible. No, it feels weird. Like you know, because obviously, like it has to, it has to come back in. Uh huh. Um, and there's a lot of stretching of the, you know, muscles around. You get any painkillers? What? Oh yeah. How, how how much fun would that be without painkillers? Oh, not great. Okay, so what would it be like if you're in a massive, like, hard fought, exhausting fight with somebody, mm-hmm. wrestling with somebody, and then suddenly, uh, you are. You, 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 your hip or your shoulder gets dislocated because mm. I've never had a dislocated. You know, I kind of figured, hey, motorbike rider, yeah, of course he's had it. Have you, um, have you broken bones, Lyle? Yes. What did, what did you break? Uh, I broke my foot and a rib and a bunch of fingers. Ah, okay, fair enough. That's that 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 sounds like tradie accidents right there. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they're all tradie accidents, <laughs> except for the rib, which was just. A silly one. Yeah, rib sounds like, I don't know, something happened. But the f- the foot and the fingers, I'm like, yeah, tradie accidents. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, so you've got, you've got motorbike accidents. I've, I've got tradie yeah, accidents. Yeah, I've got, I've got elbows and shoulders and, uh, uh collarbones. and collarbones. That's right. <laughs> and head injuries and knees. Okay, but put yourself in this particular situation uh-huh. where you've got, you've, you've got a joint that's been dislocated mm-hmm. and you are hanging on to your assailant who Oof. is trying to fight yeah. you off. Mm. How motivated would you be to kind of let him go at that particular point? Yeah, definitely. Like the pain, the pain is kicking in. I remember uh, actually one time, this is when I had broke my collarbone. Yes. So I'd broke my collarbone and 10 days later, I'd been invited by Red Bull to go and ride in Spain. Yes. And I, this is a big opportunity for me. I was like 13 at the time and I was like, oh, I have to do this. <laughs> I broke my collarbone 10 days before. I then went on to a diet of like lots of vitamin pills and lots of bananas and all this stuff just like doing anything could anything just, that will heal bones that's right that's right i was slinged up until the day before mm-hmm. i then rock up to the track uh and i'm like getting changed in the like putting my my suit on my gear on and i i can kind of move my arm around i'm like okay i can do this i can do this i'm putting my suit on i pull it up over me i um then walk into the staging room there's like a group of 10 of us who are sitting behind the bikes ready to go this is like a big tryout thing for red bull yes i get up out of my chair and I pick up my helmet and I twisted my shoulder wrong. Uh-huh. And I just felt my collarbone because I'd, I'd break, I'd done a break where it like split mm-hmm. um, right down. And it was like, it was like not completely out, but it, there was like some, there was a big crack in the bone yep. and I could just feel it move. And instantly my hands shot open and I just dropped my helmet on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a brand new helmet as well. And I've just like, 
twisted and just like there was just such a rush of pain I like dropped my helmet and I was like, oh, like, but then I didn't want to show them any pain because I didn't want them to know that I'd broken my collarbone. I'm like, oh, sorry about that. And the mechanics kind of look around and they're like, what is wrong with this guy? Oh, I'm just cringing here listening to this story. And then you went out and raced, no doubt. And then I went out and raced and crashed and broke my opposite elbow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's Encounter with God time. We're into our Bible study. Uh, and let's have another question for the final question for our quiz before we mm-hmm. do the draw. What was the image of Daniel 3 made of? There's a big statue in there. What's it made out of? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, you can go into the draw to win the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, which is an epic study journal with all the space you can want to write notes on these particular books. Like, it's got the verses at the top and then notes underneath that you can make about the verses. And then Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley, both incredible books that you'll be able to read so that you can understand and come to conclusions about what are these epic prophecies actually saying to us and to me today. But hey, if you want that, you have to answer the question correctly, which is... What was the image of Daniel 3 made of? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. You literally have about 15 minutes before we draw it. So, guys, get in. All right, fantastic stuff. Okay, text message coming through here says, let's not forget that Catholicism is not true biblical Christianity. Someone might say that's a very strong statement to send through on a text message. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually that strong because Catholics, Roman Catholics claim that themselves, that they yeah. find you know, that, that tradition is equal with uh, mm-hmm. the Bible. And so this is a claim they make themselves. Yeah. And so there's, there's nothing radical about that statement. And, you know, I have respect for all of my Catholic friends um, and I respect their religious liberty to believe, mm-hmm. you know, what their beliefs are. That's, yeah. that's up to them. Yeah, Catholics ultimately reject biblicism. Yes. They're like, oh, yeah, we've got the Bible, but... We've also got this yeah. and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's fair enough. If you want to believe that, that's your uh, liberty to do so. It's not what I believe. I believe in going by the Bible alone. Um, they continues on, they are responsible for the attempts to destroy Protestantism. Well, that's just history. They didn't succeed in the Dark Ages, but succeeded today as nearly all Protestant churches are back to Rome, their mother church. How sad is that? The prophecy of the book of Revelation is nearly completed, and there would be a lot of people would agree, agree with that one right there. Um, then Braden has this to say, the burying of the Bibles for me is reminiscent of Eli's sons taking the ark into battle. So true. Perfect analogy right there. God is the source of power, not anything he has given us. The Bible is only powerful when it is opened. Thank you, Braden. Uh, Thomas says, truth is they were not reformers at all, but defenders of the Catholic fundamental doctrine. Well, I don't know that Columbanus would agree with that, particularly when these guys were being bitterly persecuted by the Catholic Church, and uh, I don't know that they would agree that with, with what you're saying right there. Anyway, that's an interesting one. Um, let's, con- let's go back here to our Bible study. And uh, let's have a look at where were we we're talking about? Okay, so we were talking about your war stories. Oh yeah. So you've gone out and In raced the trenches. With, you've gone out and raced with a broken collarbone. 
<laughs> broken collarbones gritting around inside your Dude, shoulder yeah, while you're bro. racing. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling uh-huh. it, but I'm like, oh, no, I can do this. I, I remember actually, this is when I was 13. Yes. I remember this. So this is like 10 years ago. I'm like, you know, kind of when you ride a motorbike, it's particularly like all motorbikes in general, but particularly on a road bike, it's you want to take as much pressure off your arms as possible and put as much pressure on your legs as possible right. to hold that squat because you want your arms to be free to control, to use the controls, right? Kind of like riding a horse. Yeah, your clutch, your brake, your throttle, all that kind of stuff. You want to engage your legs to hold you to the bike and to move you around and you because you're putting such precise inputs into the handlebars, whether it's you know your throttle control, your amount of mm. leaning, whatever it may be. And so... It wasn't that bad. I was like, I was feeling it a little bit, but I'm like, okay, this this is all right. This is okay. I wasn't racing motocross. Like, mm-hmm. that would be insane, like hitting big jumps and hitting huge bumps and stuff with a broken collarbone. But I'm like, I'm going all right. And then I come around and I have this massive high side, like, Oof. which is where, so the back end comes yep. out from, a, from, from, comes around, the, the wheel starts sliding and then it grips up and it just throws you over the top. And I fly up into the air. And land on my opposite elbow and break that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mum, classic lawsuit. I, uh, I I went to the medical center. They looked at my elbow. They're like, "Bro, you need to go to the hospital." I'm like, "Bums," but they're like, "Hey, look." Because, you know, before you go there, you have your resume that you send in and then they let you come try out and they're like, hey, but we'd love you to be able to come back and to, you know, come and ride. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll I'll go to the hospital and I'll uh, check this out and then maybe come back. So I jump in the car with my mum. Mum drives me to the hospital in Seville, in Spain or Sevilla. And we get there and we go in and they x-ray my arm and immediately cast it. They're just That's like, it. you're done. They're just like, it's, it's over. They just cast it up. And so I couldn't go back and ride. I did go back and hang out there for a couple of days and it was cool to, to be in Spain and, you know, got on the plane home with a broken collarbone, a broken elbow. <laughs> but honestly, the elbow was so painful and the collarbone, like it was literally 10 days. My collarbone had a big crack and a big split in it. Yes. And after those 10 days, after breaking my elbow, I didn't cast up. I didn't sling up on the way home. I was like, look, it's sore, but. I'm fine. I'm good. So, but ultimately, we, I tell you the story. We're reflecting on how Jacob has popped his hip out here. Yes. And when you have to do any type of physical activity under that amount of injury. And he has to wrestle now. It, the and this guy, is trying to, the, this guy is trying to shake him off. The effect is massive. Like, because it gets to a point within your pain threshold where, you know, and everyone's got different levels of pain, but you get to a point in your pain threshold where you just your body immediately lets go. Yes. But... You can't even pick up your helmet. That's right. This guy has said, no, I'm holding on. Okay, so in that instance where you did drop your helmet, it was kind of an involuntary thing, but if you had recognised, okay, this is going to hurt and you'd have braced yourself for it, uh, you would have been able to push through the pain, hang on, put that thing on your head, and, and which you obviously did at some point, and get back on the bike. Uh, Jacob here has just decided, that's it, I'm hanging on. I'm not and, and one of the things that I've found is when you get you get hit by that massive pain, it just instantly weakens your entire body. You just oh. feel weak all over. You can't hang yeah. on to anything. You can't do anything. You're like, I'm just done. Any, yeah, I, I, like particularly if you're like tensed in some area, like, and I think of the hands in particular and my experience with my collarbone, like I'm, you know, tensed, I'm holding this object. And then as soon as you feel that 
pain. It's so unfamiliar to the body mm-hmm. because we don't feel it often. That's right. Only when those bones are broken that you immediately like there's you have no ability to stop your reflexes from letting go. Um, and I'm sure like Jacob would have ha- had some of those moments, but like, you know, whether his body weakened or whatever it may be, he literally mentally and consciously has said, I'm not letting go. He's, he's overridden his subconscious with his conscience. Yes. And he said, no, I'm not letting go. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I want to be blessed. I know who this is that I'm wrestling with. It's the son of God. Yes. I want to be blessed. And that's what he goes through. Yeah, wow. He, uh, you know, and, and this, is, this is one of these stories of perseverance. So this week we've been looking at the concept of perseverance and where mm. does per, what role does perseverance play in the Christian life and, and why does the Bible say to persevere when salvation is by grace alone and we receive salvation as a gift, then what role does perseverance play? Here we've got an example of somebody who is prepared to persevere in the most painful circumstances. Mm. Where you've got a person who's been wrestling you, you're exhausted, you're in massive pain, you're hanging on, you're saying, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm. And look at the blessing that he receives. I mean, it's a blessing that is off the charts as a result of that. And this is what it comes down to, and this is what I've been saying all week. The thing that we need to persevere is the thing that God cannot do for that, do for us, and, and that is to make that decision to be surrendered to God. Mm. That's something we can we need to do all the time. Persevere in giving our lives to Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It has come time now for the time that you've all been waiting for, where we draw the quiz. Okay, we have a list of names. They're on a big wheel that we call our wheel of names. (laughs) names <laughs> and we're going to spin it and then those that person who wins we're going to we're going to see them on the on the wheel where they're going to attempt to call them while we read out some of the answers for today and uh then yeah we'll we will do our question today so again our prize today was the great prophetic books of daniel and revelation as well as understanding daniel and revelation by mark finley and right now we will spin the wheel oh you can hear it spinning right Okay, we have a winner. We are going to try and get her on the phone whilst we do that. Well, I kind of gave a little bit away. I said her. But uh, while we get her on the phone, let's have a read of some answers. So firstly, which of the following kings reigned in Israel first? It was Jeroboam. Uh, Secondly, how many chapters are in the book of Psalms? 150. Uh, Thirdly, what prowling animal did Peter compare the devil to? A lion. Paul said the Galatians would have given him their blank if it had been possible that is their eyes which is an incredibly <laughs> incredibly now if if the galatians could give paul anything it would be if if they could they'd give him his their eyes and finally what was the image of daniel 3 made of it was made out of gold but uh, it seems that we're we're getting our our winner our recipient of the prize on the phone we're about to get her on but before we do um I mean, they're just, they're just having a good they're chat. They're just having a good they're chat. They're just having over a good there. chat. They're like, supposed to be talking to us. Yeah, we want, we want to talk to her. Congratulations, Tracy, for winning our prize for this week. How are you feeling? Oh, wow. I can't believe it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, uh, you know, I, I have some to do with 
into like mingling with the people who are getting their prize answers in this time where I produce the show. And I've definitely seen your name in there a number of times. And now you finally come through to win. Yeah, no, wow, that's that's amazing. Thank you. I'll have um, that'll be great uh, reading those books and studying mm. them. Yeah, that'll be. Oh, looking forward to it. Thank you so much. And well, of course, yeah. we we appreciate all of our listeners and 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 Tracy. Thank you so much for being a part of the quiz and being part of the Faith FM Breakfast Show from time to time. Oh, I'm always listening every day. I I, I look forward to it every morning. It's great. It makes my day. Those good stuff. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, fantastic okay. stuff. So that uh, that's Tracy right there, winner of this week's prize. So well done, Tracy. Must be time for question of the day. Yeah, it? that's right. It is time for question of the day. Maybe we should just jump into it. Man, nah, I wanted to press, press the, the button. button. Can you press, press the button? button? Okay, let's press the button. Yeah. Question of the day. All right, our question of the day today comes from David, and he asked this. Can I have an answer from the Bible that the Nephilim couldn't be conceived by the union of an angel and a human female because angels weren't created with reproductive organs? Is that why the devil hates us? Because we, because God gave, uh, we, sorry, because God gave us through marriage to be able to create children, uh, and he can't procreate. Okay, so this is a very interesting question right here. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, this is one of these questions that does come up somewhat semi-regularly, uh, and I think it's worth answering because there is a lot of misinformation going around about this. And really the misinformation comes from two different areas. It comes from either Jewish tradition or it comes from apocryphal books of the Bible. It does not come from the Bible. So what we need to do is we need to study the answer from this from the Bible. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1, it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wives of all that they choose. Uh, there were giants in the earth in those days, and after that, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. So there's a number of different things here. You've got two different groups of people. You've got the sons of God and you've got the daughters of men. They breed together. The Bible says they marry each other, and that's a key. That's a key passage. A key uh, thought that is uh, that takes place right here in verse two is that they weren't just sleeping around. They were they were marrying. Mm. They were getting married. The Bible says they took them wives. That means that a marriage is taking place. And uh, these children are born and they are mighty men. They were men of old and they were men of renown. The question that comes up is, are the sons of God that are spoken of here, are they fallen angels? Are they evil angels who have come down to this earth and have been having sex with women here on this, human women, and creating a hybrid race that is half angel, half human. And believe it or not, you will hear this being repeated in wide circles of Christianity today, and it has no foundation in Scripture whatsoever at all. Uh, and so we need to look at where what is the actual answer. Okay, so the answer is very, very simple. Uh, angels do not have sex with human beings, and they do not procreate. Uh, the Bible is very clear on that. Uh, in fact, if you go to uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30, the Bible says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. The Bible says angels do not marry. 
Mark 12, 25, For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. That's it repeated again in the Gospel of Mark. It is there for us twice in the Bible just so that we can avoid misunderstanding it. And the other thing that's really bizarre about this is why would you call a fallen angel a son of God? Mm. You know, this is a title that belongs to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Why would you call a demon a son of God? Mm -hmm. That's a really bizarre thought. Wouldn't it be much more obvious to go with the Bible and find out, okay, what what options does the Bible give us as to who the sons of God are? And the Bible gives us three options. First of all, there is Jesus, the son of God. And the reason that he's called the Son of God, because the Bible says that when Joseph was thinking about these things, is Matthew 1 and verse 20, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not, don't be afraid to take unto you Mary your wife, uh, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. You know, Some people say that the Holy Spirit is uh, an impersonal force. No, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit acted here individually to make this happen. And so therefore Jesus is called the Son of God. Okay, that's fair enough. You have another verse in uh, the book of Luke where it says uh, the genealogy of Jesus, which says, you know, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Why was Adam the son of God? was because he was created that way. But then you have this one, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every person who has given their life to Jesus Christ is a son of God. A couple of uh, text messages just sneaking through at the end but really good ones that we can't miss. The longer Jesus is in the crucible with me, the more I open my heart to him and I learn more about my sinful self and is painful, but knowing what Jesus has done for me really hurts. I hang on in faith. Our bond in marriage grows stronger. I can not preach the gospel to others with confidence unless I'm experiencing Jesus' love myself and I know I am saved. He doesn't want me to just climb mountains. Jesus showed me he wants me to climb spiritual mountains, reaching to the heavens, leaning on him. Jesus won't let go of me. Jesus continues to change my life. I won't let go of him. Spread the gospel to everyone that they may also be saved. Praise God. That's from Wayne. What an amazing uh, text message there. And then Braden says, I'm glad for the example of Jacob, even though he made some terrible choices in life. This one here is not one of them. His choice to hold on to God through the pain is, is an example to all of us. Life will give us times of pain. Cling to God. He is the only way through the pain. Mm. So well said. Such amazing Dude, text messages. Bangers. Our listeners, you guys should be running the show this morning. We should just, <laughs> we should just hand it over to them, Lawson. Wait, honestly, at the same time, we love your text messages. You know you can also call us. Yes, that's true. We'd, we'd love you to. Now, Bruce does. Bruce we, is the, the gutsy one out there. You can't call us because in about 14 seconds our show will come to an end. But you could call a text through for a book called... The God We Worship by Daniel Scarone, all about the Bible being God's revelation of himself and what it tells us about him. 0491-064-669. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. i
counsel's guide uphold you with the sheep securely fold you God be with you till we meet again until we Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.